Well, Jesse Long, it's taken us four years, but I figured out how to use Facebook. You figured it out? I think so. I think so. It's fine. It's only, you know, oh, that's okay. 20 years late. It's very artsy uh, framing. Thank you. Thank you. Artsy framing is the name of my uh, indie band. I'll just hold my mug like this the entire time. Nah, it doesn't work for you. You're not as cool as me. Yeah, it's, it's fair. I'm not. <laughs> Ooh, the reed pile mug. Yeah, that's right. I got the merch going. Let me enjoy my breakfast because I'm such a uh, professional here. Also, I may or may not have just yeah. woken up from my mid-morning nap. That's fine. I uh, I I was. Uh, I'm glad you woke up when you did because I was having a difficult time finding the uh, "Wake the fuck up, samurai! We've got a city to burn" gif. I couldn't find a good one. So then you and I was like, I'm looking for it. And then you woke up and I was like, All right, cool. All right, I'm good. I don't even know. Wake the fuck up, samurai is. Oh, it, it was uh, the 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 Keanu's big line and his been the. Trailer reveal for Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, right. I remember when yeah. people were excited about that game. That was like, what? <laughs> God, yeah. I was super hyped for that. I was like, oh, God, this is going to be so fucking great. Oh, I love this kind of shit. No. Yeah, I could have warned you that was going to happen. I think I did warn you that was going to happen. Anyway, welcome, everybody, to another anyway. fantastic episode of the Power Hour. Featuring your favoriteest podcasting tag team, the original American Dadass. I don't know why it's original now. Everything's original. The American Dadass, Jesse Long. And me, of course, the Sussman, Rick Sussman. Jesse, it has been an extra week since we last uh, had a podcast, which means that we are now more than two weeks behind on all pop cultural references. So we will yes. be getting to things at the height and zenith of their yes. importance Yes, flawless victory. Yes, flawless victory. Lucy Lawless victory. All kinds of victories. Speaking of being super up to date, uh, this week we are not sponsored by the return of Pepsi Blue. Mm. Did you have, do you remember? You remember, I mean, I, you, I'm sure you probably remember Pepsi Blue. It's not like you weren't, you weren't too young for it, but. Because it was like it was that thing when I was in high school. So when you were like, I don't you know, remember in grad Pepsi Blue, but it's because I wasn't actively seeking out Pepsi Blue. I was a Crystal Pepsi guy, and after Crystal Pepsi died, okay. I stopped. Drinking. So tell us about Pepsi Blue. Okay, cool. I mean, yeah, I mean, while while I was drinking Pepsi Blue in high school, you were getting laid. So you know, it's probably you know that is grossly inaccurate. Unless we're unless nah, we're in high school, I was in college. So yeah, I yeah I know I know that timeline. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know one of us does. Yeah, the uh, I I remember the GGE Rick days. Yeah, that guy got hat together. That guy knew what the score was. Yeah, exactly. All right, I have not so had what, Pepsi so, Blue. So what is your what is your what is your I'm trying desperately to be a Pete Cannonball run. And do my one-minute Pepsi reviews. Let me. Let's see. I haven't had this since high school. It was what I drank. 
during lunch in high school because we had Pepsi vents. Um, hopefully, I'm just going to go for it. They brought it back for America, I guess. Tell us about the aroma. Ooh, it is very sort of like... I gotta, I gotta stuff my nose in there like a sommelier. Um, it's very berry-ish. I actually, actually does smell pretty nice. Let's, let's give it a taste. Yeah, that's good. I, I would drink that again. It's just a sort of like, kind of berry-flavored soda. I, I, There's nothing wrong with it. It's a, it's a good sign off on my end. It is caffeinated. That's good. So as far as sugar water goes, this is definitely sugar water. Yes, as far as, yeah, that is, it is the bluest. Yay, America, I suppose. Well, thanks. We got, we got Memorial Day coming up at the end yeah. of the month. Yeah. And then and Fourth of July. Uh, within the same week. Yeah. No, wait, no, sorry, not week, month. With it, just under a month after Memorial Day, there's the 4th of July. So you really got to cram all your American goodness. Oh, here. yeah. They, they, they also have all the they, – they, they brought back Dew SA, the Mountain Dew. I, I, I don't remember if we tried that on the show. I feel like we didn't because I would have remembered Dew SA, which yeah. I understand they're trying to make it sound like USA. But Dew SA yeah. just sounds like something that our friends – uh, I'm from the great island of PR, would say. Yes, exactly. Well, Jim, so, um, now that we've wasted five minutes, I think we can get on with the show. What's that? Yeah. I said, now that we've wasted five um, minutes, I think we can get on with the show. Yes, I agree. Um, welcome, everyone, to the Power Hour. Uh, in, uh, I don't know what kind of fashion. In, in no particular fashion, I am going to derail the show immediately, and I'm going to cash in my what's pissing me off this week, because it's actually topically relevant to what we typically talk about at the top of our show. Uh, All right. Go right ahead, sir. I, my, my what's pissing me off this week was going to be the psycho douchebag anti-maskers that made a big fucking loud stink this past week in Seminole County and uh, sort of forced the hand of Seminole County Public Schools to just completely remove the mask mandate for the following school year. So just like masks won't even, they just won't be required at all for next school year in Seminole County. As it relates to wrestling, as you may have heard around the, the, the dirt sheets, Drake Wirtz was one of those people. Yeah. NXT referee Drake Wirtz was one of these He's loud fuckers. Very concerned about, uh, about people uh, using their masks to hide their identity so that they can continue to rape baby children without any evidentiary proof whatsoever that any of this was happening. Although lots of evidentiary proof that Republicans are raping children. But yeah, I guess we're not going to. In Seminole that. County, no less. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I watched Drake Wirtz's, um, little, little speechy speech where he decided he was going to cut a promo about how he's a child of God and how 
uh, you know, wearing masks is detrimental to children because we they can't read adults' facial expressions and whatever else fucking backwards ass QAnon bullshit he decided to shoot out of his fucking mouth and it was um, very QAnon based yes yeah and uh, yeah it, yeah it, I I believe I've read I I haven't read his Facebook posts because I don't hate myself that much um and uh, apparently his his stance is that if you don't agree with him you support child sex trafficking just flat period the end and which uh, again would carry a lot more weight if people who are so QAnon supporters and QAnon believers and QAnon what do they call them the QTubers hadn't actually been found to be the QTubers yeah um, they haven't all been found yeah. in one fashion or another. Some of the more major important ones, obviously not all of them, because that would just be too delicious. But many of them have actually been found to be involved in child rape and uh, and human trafficking. And mm-hmm. we now have evidentiary proof that one of their big boys, uh, Matt, not Matt Gertz, but Matt Gates, uh, is apparently yeah. been doing the cocaines off the hookers in the middle of the uh, you know the <laughs> the politickings. Yeah, I don't really care. Literally I'm, I'm trafficking, literal child sex trafficking, because I, yeah. I, I don't care anymore because I now understand that this is not a political movement. It's just a trolling thing. And it's just a way yeah. for people to get likes and clicks. And when they're like, oh, I, I you know, I support uh, ending the mask mandate so that little babies aren't getting raped by, uh, by grown adult, adults. And I say, well, that's great. What do you also feel about Matt Gates uh, being tied to a child trafficking thing? And they say, oh, that's a, a plot by the deep state to make Matt Gates look bad. And I say, OK, what of the evidence? And they say, well, that's just fake. And I say, right, right. This is pointless. There is no reason yeah. to have these arguments anyway. I, I guess maybe maybe I'm less mad at Drake Wirtz, but I mean, I'm really mad at Drake Wirtz, and I hope he gets fired um, from the WWE. And yeah. I hope that all the youth organizations that he claims to be, you know, a volunteer coach at, I hope they fire him too. And I hope I never see him in the street. But maybe I'm not mad at Drake Wirtz himself. Maybe I'm more mad at the fact that Seminole County, um, and it wasn't just Drake Wirtz. There were other um, <laughs> assholes at this thing uh you know just they were there uh, if you if you haven't watched the video they're all just you know these, these dumb looking motherfuckers cheering him on as he's cutting his stupid little anti-mask promo um and that and that's exactly what it was it was just him cutting a promo and um and, well and as a so maybe reminder, i'm the wwe was only mad but, that he did it while wearing an nxt shirt and and being live from you know the nxt yeah, arena this time, I, I, people are, this time people are going to say that yeah, people are going to say that, oh, the, the WWE is pro-QAnon uh, and anti-Mastodon. No, they just don't want their they, – they don't necessarily want to be involved in any of this shit. If the WWE yeah. truly, 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 truly wanted to say we are uh, pro-COVID and anti-Mask, they wouldn't have built the fucking Thunderdome, would they? <laughs> yeah. No. I, I guess maybe what's pissing me off more is that Seminole County – kowtowed to these loud assholes and so and i what's what's really matter now what it doesn't matter now they said anyone that's vaccinated you don't even have to wear a mask anymore 
That's true. I think I think what's pissing me off more is that psycho douchebags like Drake Wirtz ultimately had a decision in my children's safety. You know, like yeah, I, well, I yeah, masks okay. aren't required that's, anymore. That's but. great. I mean, Jesse, you can't you you can't protect your kids from the world. I'm I'm sorry, as an unchilded parent of no, uh, cats, there are. No, there, I, there, I, 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 I don't know what to tell you, brother. I mean, you can be mad about it as much as you want, but if it's not Drake Wirtz and his, uh, you know, no mask policy, it's going to be some other shit bag. You know, why, why are you not this pissed off about the fact that we still have guns everywhere in this country? Oh, I am, but I guess I don't know. This, just this one little thing. I, I, I think about the, the, I, I, the, the mask thing has been kind of a weird thing that I've been wrestling with because. My middle kid's got asthma, and my oldest half takes medicine that fucks with her immune system. So, I, I, I it's, it's a, I don't know, I, it's a, it's a tough thing for me to wrestle with. It's not a tough thing for you to wrestle with, but like, I don't, I think you really, I think you would benefit less from having this podcast be your therapy and more from actually getting therapy because there's I mean, no. <laughs> There's no real easy answer here. And the realest, simplest answer is you're mad at something that you can't control. So I understand that you're looking at Captain Drake and his stupidity and being, that's your focal point. And I get it. I get it. But being mad about things that you can't control is just called being grown in the United States of America. So that's true. That's true. what I, what I told you a couple of weeks ago, what I, what I tell everybody on, on Twitter, I don't retweet, I don't engage, I don't like or subscribe. I don't, I don't bother with people that are engaging in not just um, bad faith arguments, but have no interest in actually changing their opinion. It used to be the hmm. argument that, well, I want you to hear my side of it because I'm going to change your opinion. Nobody's changing their opinion. Nobody's changing their opinion. Even some of the people on the extreme left are I'm not interested in hearing from anymore because everyone that I know on the extreme left wants us to, oh, we got to hammer through this change and hammer through that change and hammer through that change. And I say, yeah, I mean, I guess we could. I'm just happy that the country is no longer actively engaging in attempted genocide. So for me, I'm just like, all right, well, this seems to be an improvement. And, uh, and people will say, well, they're not actively engaging in it, but they're, they're not going uh, and, and stopping at, uh, attempted genocide. And I say, that's true, and that's terrible. But I'm happier now, and I can sleep at night. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I can agree with that. And then, uh, I guess to wrap that up, I did see, um, speak, just sort of about masks. I saw Richard Cheese, the wonderful uh, lounge singing cover singer, uh, tweeted something. I I don't know if it was this morning. I saw it this morning. I don't know if it was this morning, but it was. Um, it was basically. I'm, I'm gonna try to paraphrase it, but it was basically. Yes, wearing a mask if you are fully vaccinated is no longer required. But odds are that if you see someone else that's not wearing a mask, that they are uh, not vaccinated and a self-serving, science-denying fuckwit. So you should probably still wear your mask. Well, and uh, not to put too fine a point on it, but um, I want to say, I think it was the Mets or the Yankees, and all the baseball teams are fully vaccinated, but they Mm. just had like eight players contract COVID. 
Now, it's good that they're vaccinated. vaccinated. Yeah, they're fully vaccinated. Remember, being fully vaccinated just means that in the best case scenario, you're 97% chance of not getting COVID, um, which is awesome. Yeah. And also, if you're fully vaccinated, it means that you have a 100% chance that COVID will not kill you. There's also a 100% chance that the version of COVID that you get is not going to be extreme, but it's going to be COVID. Um, So if you are, if you are COVID positive, and you come across a human that is unvaccinated, and you give them COVID, they could still die. So it's not like it's going anywhere. I keep, no. I, I, you know, I, I've already told my wife I'm wearing my mask at public. She wears hers. It's yeah. You can do what you want to do, but yeah, no. Ultimately, I still, it's not going to change a whole lot. Yeah, we still require people to wear their masks in our store, and it's I mean the with the way that so the the tech back when the task force was a thing, you know, back before Ron DeSantis decided that you know local government didn't have any authority over this shit or whatever. But um, the, the, the day one, as soon as Orange County announced, we're going to have a task force at like 10, we opened at 10, at 1030, the task force was at my store. And, you know, they were like, you know, and checking all of us and stuff. Um, and, you know, so we don't, we are so distant enough at our store that we don't have to wear the mask like every second of every day. But the second a customer comes in, we, or if we like go and like talk to each other, like I have to go to like, my coworker's desk, I got to put a mask on. If a customer comes in, I got to put a mask on. And, and I just, just the, the amount of people that just like, they come in and it's just, oh, I'm fully vaccinated. I don't, uh, don't, uh, I don't, don't worry about it. Don't do it. Don't put your mask on. And I'm just like, it's not about you. And, you know, we require it. So. Yes, businesses are, have been allowed to tell people what they what you can and cannot do for a long time. All right, on to the actual discussion of wrestling and wrestling-related items. Uh, While we've been gone, uh, AEW has been something on a bit of a tear, having a lot of really great shows week after week. Uh, And one of them involved a pseudo-pay-per-view that was not a pay-per-view because uh, it was just a regular show. But it was called AEW Presents Blood and Guts. Yeah, AEW their specials now. It's it's really interesting. I mean, they... I mean, I don't know. It doesn't really have anything to do with the fact that they're so new, but I feel like in the in the like the year and a half that Dynamite has been around, like they, it's like every couple of months they're like, and then sometimes like a couple of weeks in a row they're like, yeah, we're gonna you know we're just gonna have like a pay per view level show it's just just for poops and goofs. Well, I, I mean, there used to be the time and a place where you would just turn on Raw and get a really great show every week. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have a special attraction or event, but I remember cage matches yeah. being on Raw mattering, and it was a big deal when it would yeah. happen. It was rare. So having a blow-off feud on free television isn't necessarily a bad idea, especially in a down economy no. when you got shit else to do anyway, and you're not really building I mean, the pay-per-views. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I have not and don't anticipate ever buying an AEW pay-per-view. I'm, I'm not dropping $60. I don't care if shit how good of a match it is. I don't care if it's... I, I, you know, short of Kenny Omega versus the Jiu-Jitsu Wolf Rick Sussman for the AEW world title, I don't think I'm going to I wouldn't watch that match. match. I would not watch... I would, I would tell you not to watch that match. That sounds like a terrible <laughs> match. 
<laughs> Omega cannot carry me to a three-star match. I guarantee it. And if you're out there, Kenny Omega, I dare you to prove me wrong. I dare you to challenge me to a match on AEW Dark or Dynamite or Explosion or TNA or, or a AAA Mania or something, where you, you bump all over the ring and show the world that you can turn any lump of shit into a three-star or better classic. I am clipping that we are adding Kenny Omega, uh, 100%. That, 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 uh, don't sell yourself short, Ray. You, this is 100% the main event of Dark Elevation. I, I, again, I incredibly doubt it. I do not believe for a second, unless it was an entire ground-based affair where the majority of my selling involved my knee actually giving out and me trying to explain to people that I cannot stand. I literally yeah. am not selling. Please, for the love of God, get me out of here. Your kneecap explodes out of your knee, and Kenny like chucks it at you like a baseball, and then and then you just fall to the ground and die. Yeah, yeah. people would people yeah. would still not believe that that was a sell. Yeah. They would they would say that I'm not a good worker. Uh, yeah, anyway, exactly. bloody, bloody, the bloody AW bloody fans would still be very unhappy about that. They would they would say, "Oh, that looked fake." Blood and guts happened, and uh, it was, for all intents and purposes, a uh, very good cage, uh, double cage, double ring, uh, war games-like event uh, that involved lots of blood spilling, lots of people wearing their alternate white uniforms so that they could emphasize the lots of blood spilling, and ended with uh, MJF threatening to murder Chris Jericho from the top of the cage if uh, Jericho's team did not submit, which I thought was kind of lame. Um, but I liked the idea of it. I, I would have preferred them do a different kind of ending where, you know, Jericho was still threatened. I like the idea of Sammy Guevara saying that, you know, he cares more about his mentor than he does wins and losses. I thought it was a well-put-together story. But, of course, mm-hmm. it cannot be an AEW event without something going potentially wrong with the big payoff spot at the end. And in this case, it was Chris Jericho being thrown off the top of a 20-foot cage and onto what was thought to be a very safe-looking and very ill-prepared crash pad. Yeah. To which I immediately said, man, go fuck yourself. I saw Shane McMahon fall off the side of a building onto, like, three crash pads and a big show. And you're and you're trying to give me shit for Chris Jericho falling through a, a ring structure? It looks fine. I watched it. it he thuds. The- the the only criticism I have, and I think the only valid criticism, I mean, we're going to continue to talk about it, but I think the only valid criticism you have about it was that it was a bad camera angle when they shouldn't have like zoomed in on Chris being dead in the in the ramp because then you could see that the the diamond plate was just like cardboard with like a diamond plate, you know, vinyl. Like it, the the show that it wasn't like really metal and it was why? safe. Why? If they, why, why is that a bad camera angle? Why is that a bad? Did yeah, he not fall twenty feet. Did well, he not, I, did, did, was he on a wire? Exactly. I mean, true, but I mean, if if at no point had they like zoomed in on him, then the viewing audience at home would have never seen that it's obviously fake. Even though, which oh, is ridiculous. Okay. Oh, it is obviously fake. It says wrestling. It says pro. Re- it's obviously yeah. fake. Like I've been watching Death no, Match you're Wrestling right. the last two days on YouTube because I watched the Nick Gage special, 
And what I found about deathmatch yeah. wrestling is it is crazy interesting, but ultimately it gets kind of boring because it's the same light tube spot over and over again. Because it's the only one, the only way you can do it safely is to yeah. over somebody's head with it. Like, Otherwise, yeah. you end up like Nick Gage and get dashed and almost die. Yeah, so, I mean, we went. There's we went only to, so no, many ways to do this. Yeah, we went to No Peace Underground, and not, no, no disparagement to them, but. Every light tube spot was the same. The only difference was the shape and the configuration of the light tube. It was all just, you know, it was all, that's all it was. And, and that's yeah. fine because I don't go to pro wrestling and think, man, can't wait to watch somebody actually die. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be incredible. Yeah. Can't, wait, can't wait to see somebody get physically uh, concussed to the point where they can no longer participate in living. Back. I go to pro wrestling for the story and watching Jericho fucking plummet off the top of that goddamn box-like structure was crazy. Like, I don't yeah. think that he hit a crash pad. I've hit a crash pad before. You know what doesn't feel good? Hitting a crash pad. You know why? Because you're probably going to go, ah! He still got hurt. He still got hurt. He, like, this past week on Dynamite, he had his arm in a thing and he was legit hurt. It doesn't feel my, good to my... fall 20 feet. My biggest issue, my biggest takeaway from this whole thing was that three weeks ago, we were talking about how the fans were complaining about Darby getting hurt from taking a bump. And now this, and now this past week, the fans are complaining that Chris did something safe. Make up your fucking mind, AW fan. Internet. You're not. You're not going to win fighting the internet because the yeah. internet, as I've said so many times, it's just there. It, it all relates. It's just there to get you to click on, you know, the video. I, mm -hmm. I, the first a, the first AEW video I watched, review rather, was um, probably Mr. Ollie's review of AEW in about five minutes. Uh, and mm -hmm. I watched it and I saw, you know, all the bumps and I was like, so we're not upset about we're not upset about this guy bleeding buckets all over the ring. We're upset about, uh, you know, a 20, a 20 foot drop yeah. that didn't look as impressive, but also yeah. caveat. Um, what's his face? Oh my God. I can't think of the guy's name. He took a bad bump and broke his neck like the week prior. And everyone was like, well, you know, he landed on his feet, but he landed on his head. And that's just a regular wrestling move. I'm trying to remember who so, you're thinking of. I think it's Ricky Starks. Um, oh yeah, Ricky Starks got hurt. Yeah, yeah. So like, I I I look at the Miz, and the older I get, the more I appreciate the Miz, who's like, "Hi, pro wrestling is basically just acting, only with a little bit more physical activity." And I look at that, and I'm like, "Okay." I mean, I'm 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 now 39 years old. I don't want people getting hurt in and around me. I watch these guys take bumps all day, and I'm like. But they're grown adults, and they're going to do what they want to do, and that's fine. I'm not going to disparage them for what they're for the choices that they make. I'm certainly yeah. not going to disparage them for being safe about the choices that they make. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, um, Umberto Carrillo almost uh, broke his leg in a million places this past week on Raw. He did like a sunset flippy dippy thing, and Sheamus landed on like his leg flat on the ground, like. His leg yep. was flat on the ground, and Sheamus landed on it. And, like, they had to stop the match because um, they thought Umberto's, like, 
knee was gone. So, yeah. I mean, I'm old enough to remember that Draws took a power bomb wrong and broke his neck. So anything, anything you can do to be safer in pro wrestling, I'm going to be okay with. People were like, oh, they're not really hitting each other. Man, I've been hit in the face. You know what hurts? Being hit in the face. Like, yeah. a lot. It's not fun. Like, waking up the next morning and having two black eyes because you took a random elbow halfway through a roll with someone, that hurts, man. That's not fun. I, I don't enjoy that. So, you know what? If this, if this was real, if it was really, really real, matches would be about a minute and a half long. Yeah, exactly. If you really so, – if, if people not getting actually hurt – and you know, people not getting actually hit in the face is your is your you know your your deal breaker. Go watch MMA. Yeah, MMA gets boring as hell too. It, yeah, exactly. They Their storylines story. probably. Work. <laughs> yeah, storylines can be pretty boring. They got a shit. So. Uh, something else that's going on in the world of pro wrestling and perhaps a bit more interesting and a bit more exciting is MLW, which has sort of been leaning towards uh, sort of a modern day American uh, style uh, Lucha Libre product uh, with yeah. a, a bit of MMA thrown in and that it looks a little bit more, the pre presentation is more realistic, has gone full crazy. Yeah, definitely... so bonkers. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, hey, you know how much you like all this like sports-based presentation? Well, we're gonna we're gonna flip that on its ass. Now they're not like completely changing the format of ML. Does does MLW have does, does their show have a name? Is it Fusion? Yeah, it's, Fusion. It's Fusion. Sure it's right? Fusion. I think I retweeted Fusion. that it was yeah, yeah, this yeah. morning. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, yeah, they're not, like, changing the format of Fusion. But, like, yeah, it's going to be seemingly a secondary show to uh, Fusion. And I'm I'm excited for it. I, I, I can't As say I'm not. Azteca Underground. Yes. The return, the return in many ways, shape, and form of another show called Lucha Underground, which was bonkers, crazy, ridiculous, and had people getting fake cinder blocks upside the head, which I thought was hilarious. I I love Lucha Underground. I think Lucha Underground, it sort of hit that, you know, where it tickled my exact fancy for what I'm looking for in wrestling. It, you know, it the wrestling was good, sure, fine, whatever. And, but like, every once in a while, somebody would get murdered. Not in a realistic, <laughs> not in a realistic, you know, all these people are having a legitimate death match where they're going to beat each other to death and stab each other in the face. But like, you know, somebody who's like soul would get taken, you know, like, so, you know, something like there was this supernatural, this like ridiculous supernatural bullshit. And I, I, I loved it. I loved, and I, and I, I will, Lucha Underground always had a, a knack. Now I know this is different. It's a different company. It's, you know, it's a, it's not going to be the exact same people producing the show, but I, Lucha, I will always credit Lucha Underground as I remember one episode. I, you know, I would just sort of watch it in and out sporadically because it was just, it wasn't easy to get. Like I, anytime I wanted to watch Lucha Underground, I would have to sign up for like a free trial of Sling. And then, you know, that's the only way I could watch it. Um, yeah, the L and, network was not easy to come by. Yeah, L Ray was not easy to get. Now, and now it's easy to get and there ain't shit on it. 
Um, but um, uh, there was an ep the episode. I always give them credit because they, in the span of one episode, they did they were they did such good storytelling that by the end of the episode, I had an emotional interest in. Um, so it was the episode where uh, Ray Phoenix won the Lucha Underground title from whoever the fuck it was. I, it might have been Mil, Mil Muertes. I don't remember. Um, I don't think it was Mil Muertes. But so through it, I don't remember the, all the exact specifics, but like they had, they peppered it enough stuff through, you know, recaps and then, you know, little story bits in the middle and the, and then the match itself was so good by, by the end of, you know, Ray actually winning the belt. I had like, you know, like I had like goosebumps and like, you know, I was getting emotional watching him win. And I, this is the first, like the second time I'd ever seen him on television period, the end. Uh, you know, I, like, I didn't know who Ray Phoenix was, but by the end of it, I was like, oh, shit, oh, God. Yeah, and I was, ex and, you know, in the span of an hour, two hours of TV. So if MLW wants to do that again, I am all for it. Yeah. Shrug. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me. I like Lucha Underground plenty, but I also thought it went, it went way beyond hokey way too often. Um, which I know was kind of the point. But yeah. for me, I, I like a good blend of hokey and realism, um, mm -hmm. which is why, for the most part, I've always sort of gravitated towards local indie-fed ridiculousness. Mm -hmm. Because local indie-fed ridiculousness tends to have that great uh, combination of hokey and regular stuff. Yeah. I mean, people love to look at Murder Grandpa, but I want to remind everybody that Murder Grandpa's greatest enemy was a uh, giant man-crab. Uh, and he's tried to murder him on more than one occasion. And I, I don't mean, I don't mean the guy's name is Mancrab. I mean like he's literally like a kaiju who's also mm -hmm. like you could find yeah. Mizuro Suzuki in Kaiju Big Battle, and it wouldn't be out of place. And he's the most murderous grandpa who ever lived. So that's that's the level of hokiness that I like yeah. in my pro wrestling. I love it's, that yeah, MLW I... is. Go ahead. No, no, I was just, I just, I was just verbally agreeing with you, but yeah. Okay. Uh, I love that MLW is really going forward and just saying, no, we're going to, we're going to really push on this Lucha Underground fan base and we're going to absorb them into ours because I think that's a great idea. But for me, overall, I, I, I mean, I loved, I loved the notion of, um, what, what is it? The, the Cueto brother who his real name was like, like it was Spanish for like massacre or something like that. Oh, um, when Matanza they, Matanza yeah, 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 exactly. I loved when they brought him in and he, like he was supposed to be this like hulking, gigantic mass human, and then it turns out it was just Jeff Cobb. And I'm like, I love Jeff Cobb and he's amazing, yeah. but he's five foot eight, and so <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Couldn't he deadlift me and spin me around by my ankles? Of course he can. He's still five foot eight. Um, whether or not you're five foot eight is not whether or not you're a good wrestler. However, when you're telling me that this is a giant monstrous hulking individual and he comes out and Kevin Nash goes, sup, bro, then I am going to just sort of say, oh, yeah. maybe we I think Dar I feel like Dario was probably taller than him. I think that what I am, he's not gonna be Dario Cueto now. I think he has like I think he's gonna be like I think I read his name's gonna be like Cesar Duran or something like because you know, like they can't they can't get Dario Cueto, but 
Sure. Yeah. Um, my question, my, 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 uh, what I wonder aloud is does the connect, is there any connective tissue between Azteca underground and this supposed working relationship with the WWE? And is so, there I, what I want? So I've, I've reached out to my contacts at MLW and uh, the yeah. immediate response is no comment. I'm not commenting on this. You will not quote me. I swear to fucking God, if you try, we are not friends anymore. <laughs> and I said, fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I am. I just, uh, off I love. I can see that that conversation playing out in real life too. In my head, I'm, I, I, I know exactly who you're talking about too. So yeah, yeah. Well, um, I uh, could not get a comment out of that person. I went to a secondary and tertiary, uh, tertiary and tertiary backup, and everyone basically told me to get fucked. And I said, fair enough. <laughs> but <laughs> I went and read all the dirt sheets about it, and I. I feel like that may ultimately have been a story that was floated that then got uh -huh. picked up and then people were commenting on the story as the yeah. story, which is something that happens in politics a lot. So what yeah. happens in politics a lot is some random jabron will make a statement that is completely ludicrous. Like Joe Biden, I, like he'll say something like, I believe Joe Biden is out to eat babies. And then Newsmax will say, we have it on good authority that a uh, political insider is saying that Joe Biden wants to eat babies. And then people will start commenting on Newsmax commenting on it. And somehow the yeah. story makes it to CNN. So I think yeah. what happened here is somebody mentioned something about MLW and the WWE. And then when Meltzer reported on it, even though he was reporting on it negatively, saying there's nothing here, that was enough to get yeah. everyone going, MLW to WWE confirmed. Yeah, exactly. Which is a bummer because now in my head I was I was really looking forward to a like Roderick Strong going into the temple, but that's okay. I'm I'm okay with that. I still think there's a possibility. Like, here's the other side of the coin. If there was no possibility whatsoever, my the people who I know who work at MLW probably would have told me no, there was no possibility. So the fact that they're not willing to make any comment on it whatsoever makes me think that maybe there is something there, but perhaps yeah. it's not as big of a deal as we'd like. I love the idea of MLW being a theater league to uh, NXT, which it already has sort of been in a lot of ways. Swerve Scott, uh, Matt Riddle, uh, help me out here. How many how many MLW guys that we saw in MLW were were quickly snapped up by the WWE, specifically the NXT brand? I can't think of, I'm trying to think of who uh, I'm trying to remember people off the top of my head specifically. I can't remember, but yeah, Swerve was one, Riddle was another, a um, bunch of other, a bunch of them also went to, end up going to AEW, you know, like, yes, like Darby, Darby Allen. Allen. Yeah. You know, was at the MLW show. We went to, I can't, I can hardly remember who was at that MLW show we went to. Um, Leva was there. I uh yeah and uh um uh stoke hathaway or uh uh yes yeah. what's his name um malcolm belvin uh bevins Bev hey, malcolm stoke bevins yeah. malcolm bevins yeah he was another mlw to nxt guy so i i yeah. feel like there might already be a working relationship between mlw and wwe in place to yeah. a extent 
Um, but I would love for MLW to be a feeder league for the WWE. I would love for the WWE to accept feeder leagues. Like we got this close with like Evolve and um, a couple other companies that were essentially WWE feeder leagues, but they just wouldn't put the WWE brand on it. And that will that is that is a Vince Vincent Kennedy McMahon Jr. issue. Like he just won't accept that there are other brands out there. And he could have just done the AEW thing years ago and just been on top of the yeah. world. And it, it's, it's, you look at Azteca underground and you're like, this is, this is cool. Like it's not my cup of tea, but it's fucking cool. MLW yeah. into WWE could have been, you know, WWE using the Azteca underground calling it MLW. It just, I don't know why they're yeah. not doing it. It would it, be fun. Well, it, it, it's so uh, well i mean it, it also i mean just from a geographical standpoint mlw and wwe having a working relationship mlw typically takes their show 15 minutes down the road from the performance center or the excuse me, the capital wrestling center um so it, it, like it it makes sense and you know even if it's just like what nxt was doing with evolve before where you know they weren't doing anything with the street profits in nxt and so the Street Profits were the Evolved Tag Champions for a while. Um, mm-hmm. So it, I don't know. It, I, just, I, I just think if we're gonna if we're gonna be all about opening the forbidden door, which I still think is complete and utter bullshit. And by the way, looks like I was right because TNA can't pop a fucking rating all of a sudden, even though they boy is the uh, TNA champion. Um, yeah. I told you this was going to happen because nobody cares about the rest of your product if your champion doesn't exist. And I know this because we saw it happen with Raw and how Lesnar only showed up for three pay-per-views a year. Like, if the champion isn't at least on television, they don't care. Yeah. I I love the whole... the, The one thing I do love about the whole, like, WWE, MLW thing is it's... It, it, as soon as AEW starts doing business with somebody, Hello Cat. Um, as soon as AEW starts like publicly in bringing in other companies, W's like, yeah, we were always open for business. What are you talking? We we've been open for business all the time. It's just other people that weren't open for business. So look at us. We're look. Uh, we got uh, we got um, uh, what's their what's their nuts? Uh, MLG or something like MLB over here. And uh, so yeah, we can we 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 work with people too. We work with people like, yeah. I, I find it to be the, the, you know, we were open to business in the same aspect of uh, what was the other thing? Oh, I was going to mention something. Ah, shit. Now I forgot. Oh, it doesn't matter. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. I, I would love to see a working relationship with MLW and the WWE. I would love to see the forbidden door matter. Uh, but as, as is evidenced by John Moxley defending the IWGP United States title in uh, Jacksonville, winning it and ultimately in a 10-minute scramble match of essentially nothing. (laughs) Like, okay, well, I guess this was all a pile of shit, wasn't it? So pro wrestling's pro wrestling, guys. Bad news. Let's move on. Hey, we got Yuji Nagata on Dynamite, which is pretty cool. But Yuji Nagata on Dynamite is pretty cool. I I loved him uh, for a long time. Me love him long time. Hmm, probably not the best use. Anyway, yeah. in pop culture, uh, there has been g- growing uh, uh, fervor and calamity. And uh, what do we do now with Superman? Superman needs to be rebooted yet again. The Snyderverse is dead. 
released the Snyder Cut happened and everyone went, hey, that's a marketedly better movie than the one that was released in theaters, but still it wasn't good. And Warner Brothers said, fantastic, here's $70 million that we spent on this to promote our new streaming service that ultimately needed to happen because COVID made it much more important than we thought it would, and the Snyder Cut no longer (laughs) matters. So what does this all mean? It means that Superman needs to be rebooted. And now there is Mm -hmm. a question. Does Superman's uh, ethnicity need to update? Could we see the black Superman? Um, Yeah. I I would like to point out that this already exists. His name is Icon. I have been a fan of his for a very, very, very long time. Uh, Milestone comics happened in the early 90s. Look that shit up. Um, But... (laughs) I'm serious, they're re-releasing all the Milestone comics for, like, the 25th anniversary of Milestone later this year. Again, look it up. Does Superman need to be a different person of color? I, I, I don't really fucking care. Tell the story. If, 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 if yeah. telling the story, Superman is, ends up being a different person of color, then great. I, I don't give a shit. I just don't. Yeah. I like the there idea a, of... Yeah. The, there is a black superman in dc comics i mean seeing all these like the best like every this article come up or you know talking about Zack snyder saying something about blah, 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 blah. there's a image of a black superman but i i i don't i don't follow it as well like so uh, so just so you know just so you know that superman whose last name first name is something last name is zod um he is a zod he is mm-hmm. from an alternate reality that was created by grant morrison Grant Morrison created uh, all these different uh, continuities, all these different realities in a book called Multiversity. And this particular version of Earth is Earth 23. And on Earth 23, yes, yeah, interesting. Why 23? On Earth 23, Superman is, uh, his name is Zod, and he happens to be a person of color uh, and and otherwise Kryptonian who was sent to Earth uh, and, you know, I think he becomes president Superman as well. Uh, and he nope. bears a um, somewhat mild resemblance to another recent president of ours. Uh, yeah. So, so if you want to read into it, Grant Morrison made earth 23 because well, Michael Jordan is the most famous 23 in the history of ever. Yeah. And on earth 23, evidently there is a black Superman. Now, that's me being a facetious asshole. Maybe Grant Morrison just wanted to make Earth-23 just happen to be the number that popped into his head. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, not his head. Pardon me. I, mis- I misgendered Grant. Popped into their head. Who knows? Uh, that's Grant yeah. Morrison's take. It's not my take. I don't know. All I know is uh, that character uh, has shown up a lot in DC Comics, and much, as, much in the way that Grant Morrison and others have invented characters other writers have gotten hold of this character and turned them into something really fantastic, which is the case with, uh, God damn it, I wish I looked up his name, which is the case with this particular character. He's appeared a lot. My favorite one most recently was uh, the DC Holiday Special, where uh, he was drawn very cartoony, and it almost looked like an episode of Teen Titans Go, and it was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> That's great. Um, but... I'm very much in the minority because as far as I'm concerned, I don't care what a character looks like. Like they just yeah. announced Red Sonia is going to be a person of color. That to me means dick. I love the idea of Red Sonia getting a movie. 
to quote yeah. one of my friends and Twitter buddies, Jimmy Palmiotti, there should have been eight Red Sonja movies. The last Red Sonja movie was 35 fucking years ago. There, I didn't even know there was a 35-year-old Red Sonja movie. There was. Uh, yes. I'm, <laughs> I'm, that, that sounds not good. <laughs> But my my point uh, the point of all of this is is like DC has no no desire to make a Superman movie right now at all. But yeah. if you mention this, you get lots of people to go, "Ooh, let's talk about this." Now we'll get likes and clicks, and people will respond to us. Man, just tell the fucking story. You know what I'd like to see from a Superman movie? Enjoyability. There you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't care if you're doing, you know black number 23 superman or asian superman or invent a whole new superman and he's a fucking octopus i don't care as long as it's a good movie as long as i don't i haven't even seen the snyder cut because i'm dreading it like as long as i'm not dreading watching this movie you know it doesn't i mean well it i i would i almost feel like going oh we're making a black superman movie now that's the that's that's it's just like it's clickbait marketing you, you can make a you, it's it, then it becomes you don't have to make a good movie you just have to have a you know now it's just marketing oh i i disagree if you if you're going oh no to you, change... you would have to make a good movie i agree it yeah. would have to be it was a garbage movie you know it it, it would it would be a really big bad deal and yeah but yeah um so i don't know a lot of this is is what ifs and what ifs and what ifs but again as far as i'm concerned if you make a good movie i'm not really going to care like brightburn is a pretty decent movie um it's also about an evil superman uh it's actually not superman hyperion from uh marvel comics if you if you watch the end credits there's a special thank you to marvel comics so it's actually about squadron supreme uh, which I have all the comics for. So it's it's actually Hyperion, not Superman. Uh, and then the, the Aquaman, is she's a, she's a chick in this version, which matches up with what we saw on, on again, it's called Squadron Supreme. There's a special thank you at the end. Michael Roker is at the end. Of, if you don't watch Brightburn, that's fine. Don't worry about Brightburn. Just watch the last three minutes of Brightburn and watch the credits, and you'll see special thanks to Marvel Comics. So there, solved. There we go. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. We'll clip that out too, and we'll put that on. Uh, I'll let you have that for the repile Twitter. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. you. Uh, it'll it'll be uh, as I said to my friends at the collective yesterday when I was picking up my comics. It'll be read by ones and ones of people and cared by less and less. Uh, moving on to other pop culture news, as I made reference to already, huh, transition. <laughs> Uh, there was a movie that was released in the pop culture world on our TV screens called Mortal Kombat. And Jesse, I'm going to tell you, man, the uh, the first eight minutes of that movie is fucking bonkers good. And the rest of it is just bonkers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> have, have you seen Mortal oh, Kombat? I've seen it. I, 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 yes, I, I, I watched it, like, maybe not the day it came out, but like, ah, I think I watched it. And then, uh, yeah, I I enjoyed it. Yes, I I've seen a lot of people say, "Man, if you just watch that opening little little origin bit of Scorpion, that's been just don't watch the rest of the movie." And as long as you know, yeah, that's, that's, that's I, I think that part's yeah. free on YouTube. 
they released that part on YouTube for free. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I enjoyed the movie. I, I, it, it, I think it was better in, in the scope of, you know, now we've had three Mortal Kombat movies with the original, then it's horrifically bad sequel. And then now we have a, a new one. I, I enjoyed it. I, 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 I didn't go into it, you know, expecting, I, 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 I can't think of, uh, uh, you know, a culturally, I, I can't think of a, a, a similar movie, but it, I just, I, I wasn't going into it thinking it was going to be, you know, Oscar fodder. I, it, it's Mortal Kombat for fuck's sake. It's, and I, as long as I tempered my expectations, I had fun. I like it. It was fun. It was silly. It was bad. There were, oh, it there was, was so, a... it was so terrible and it was not good, but God damn, if Kano doesn't rip somebody's heart out and then hold it and say, Hey, Kano wins. And then I went, yeah, sold. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, exactly. Kano was fantastic. The, you know, them, they're, them making very heavy handed references to the franchise, you know, the flawless victory oh. and, oh. you know, and, you know, With a tear and, in my eye. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Shang, the Shang Tsung vaguely, you know, kind of almost saying it has begun. You know, just like you know, the, them doing the thing. You know, the, the amount of times I was sitting there watching the movie and I would just go, "Ah, he did the thing." Um, it, it was, it was great. I, it, it was bad, but it was great, and I look forward. And and, you know, it's obvious what they were doing by by. 45 minutes into the movie, you're like, okay, cool. This is setting up a second movie where there's going to be the tournament with, because this was, I was a little, I was, when I first watched it, I was like, okay, we're not even getting, so this isn't even the tournament. This is like the road to the tournament. <laughs> and then when, that's what it was. I was like, cool. This is fun. Well, I, you, you can tell. It, he turns. Second, you can tell the exact second where the producers went to the writer or director and be like, Hey, so we're not actually sure we're getting a second movie. So let's shoot the fucking moon, guys. Because when they first introduce yeah. Prince Prince Goro, they're like, oh, they're just they're just doing them in shadows. Like you don't get to see the whole Goro. And you're like, oh, they're probably saving that shit for like the big finale at the end. And they're like, two minutes later, look, yeah. it's fucking Goro. He's dead now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think I, I, I must have missed it. Apparently there was something at the end where it's sort of like implied that like some of these people are just going to come back, even though they've been violently, brutally murdered. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because um, if, if Scorpion can return from hell, then anyone can. Exactly. You know, at, at, that's good. Good. Um, man, my children are murdering. Speaking of Mortal Kombat, I think my children are murdering each other. My wife can deal with that. Uh, and... Um, but it's, it's Mortal Kombat. It's not, this isn't like, we're not, it's not, it's not, it, it, it is, it, we're going to speak in video game terms. It's not like fucking Mass Effect or Metal Gear or. Yes, or the Metal Gear. The game, the game, the game that's so, that's so wondered and, 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 and so great that Dave Batista won't even be in it, even though he's perfectly already cast for the role. Um, with, with your, uh, home life situation being what it is, Jesse, why don't we just skip ahead to, uh, the next portion? Cause at this point I'm now worried for your wife's safety. Uh, but, uh, let's move on. To... I think, I think it's good now. I think it's good. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we had any other pop culture stuff anyway, but 
Uh, there was a few, but it's fine. It's no big deal. Uh, I will we'll, we'll put a dovetail on Mortal Kombat saying, if you went into Mortal Kombat expecting a movie that you would like, that's great. If you went into well, Mortal it, Kombat expecting a movie that was good, you're an idiot. <laughs> I think it's, again, look at the source material. No one plays Mortal Kombat for the story. There is no story. I, mean, I, I couldn't tell you. I, mean, I know there's lots of backstory, and I'm sure me saying, you know, if we were a popular, well-viewed show, there would, um, you know, me saying there's no backstory to Mortal Kombat. Somebody would, you know, there'd be people coming out of the wings going, well, actually, there's lots of backstory to Mortal Kombat. You just have to... But there's tons of history to Mortal Kombat, but on the same token, it's, did a guy's spine get ripped out? Oh, it did. All right. Thanks. Exactly. Did, did, did Kung Lao surfboard a winged chick into a saw, into a circular saw, that's also his hat, and split her goddamn, goddamn down the middle, and and then he goes flawless victory. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, check Which, that. By the way, that doesn't make any sense because his victory was flawed. But that's yeah, exactly. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't flawless at all. Um, no, he took a little damage. Yeah, he yeah, he, he, took, he took a couple hits. Yeah, you can't um, block. You can't but, block. You do, it's a little sliver. Yeah, and like I was saying, you know, it's not. It, it, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of some video game that had like. You know, that was that celebrated for its The Last of Us, you idiot. The yeah, the last, last, there we go. The Last of Us. Um, that yeah, I, I, I can't think of any other. Oh, Bioshock. I don't fucking Okay, know. The Last of Us, Heavy Rain, there. Uh, Metal Gear Solid. Um, Bioshock's a good one. The last Bioshock, anyway. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Tomb Raider has a good story. You want me to keep going, or should I stop? No, but exactly. I mean, there's that's none of those. Mortal Kombat, in terms of games, is none of those things. It's a fighting game. It's a game that when I remember, I remember being in a middle school and my friends would come over because I was the only, and the only reason they wanted to come over, the only reason they were my friends was because I was the only person with a Genesis and Mortal Kombat and a bunch of controllers. And it wasn't a Genesis, it was a second Nomad, but it was the same thing. Um, Close enough. It was close enough. And we all played fucking Mortal Kombat and it was great. And I was terrible at it, but whatever, people liked me, the end. What's pissing you off this week, Rick? All right, fair enough. So what's pissing me off this week, Jesse, is the term smart marks. Back yes. in my early days of pro wrestling fandom, I was considered a just a, a mark. I didn't know wrestling was, well, I knew wrestling was fake, but I didn't understand how the sausage was made. When mm-hmm. I got to college, I met a bunch of people who smartened me up and explained to me how wrestling happens and what and what it is and then I became what's known as a smart mark, and I knew the inside of the business. And there's always been this weird rift in the smart mark community of, are the smart marks really what makes the fans, or are the fans less important? That it, this week uh, on AEW Dynamite, we or Blood and Guts, whatever the hell it was, we saw the end of an era. SCU is dead and gone. And Christopher Daniels has said so much that he's 51 years old, and that was probably his last match, maybe. And uh, I thought the way that – what's that? He still has to fight you. I don't want to fight him. I don't I, – I, trust me, I don't want to fight him. I, I'm very happy that Christopher Daniels promoted my podcast, and if he ever wants to come on the Read Piles uh, live version, he's welcome to it. I do not want to fight him because <laughs> he's 51 years old and in better shape than I, when I was in 20 years old. However – um, he said as much, and then the big hubaloo about this was, well, twofold. For one, 
Um, AEW didn't really do a good job of selling the fact that this was the end of SCU. After yeah. the match ended, they kind of just sort of cut away and screwed around with shit in the back with like Kenny and Mox or something, which was weird. Uh, you'd figure if this was a retirement match that, you know, maybe, I don't know, you'd spend a couple of minutes on the guys in the ring. And that, that kind of pissed yeah. me off. But what didn't piss me off and what I thought was hilarious and very well done was, uh, I forget which one of the Young Bucks. Maybe it was Matt. I don't care. Matt and or. Did, Matt and or, yeah. Uh, Jimmy or Jay. I am <laughs> Mr. Wrestling 2 or Mr. Wrestling 3. Uh, I, they did the I'm sorry, I love you super kick spot from HBK, Ric Flair, and that's what ended uh, Christopher Daniels' run. But they did it as swarmy assholes going, oh, sorry, I love you, and then kicking his head from his shoulders. Yeah. I got to tell you, Jesse Long, that I is love- some hot shit. Mwah! Oh, yeah. I know that he's rubbing all over me. Yeah. What pissed I, me off? What yeah. pissed me off was that these smart marks of the world felt that that was a bad thing to do for the business. How could you? How could you take such a moment of HBK and Ric Flair and 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 make fun of it? They're fucking heels, jackass. That's their fucking point. That's the entire point. Exactly. They you if you got mad proper mad at this then they did newsflash you got worked <laughs> they you're are you're not a, you're not a smart but you're you're a mark you, you're just you, a mark you worked yourself into a shoot way to go yeah uh, you, you, if the the point of pro wrestling is to stay ahead of the smart marks at no point in time should schmucks like you and i really know the ins and outs of the business and every now and again every once in a great while the business does something where we sit and go, that actually, that actually got me. Like it either got me to cheer. Like when Roman came back and Roman comes back out and you know, he holds the mic. It's my yard. Now that motherfucker, that motherfucker. Oh, 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 okay. Well, well done. You got me. You got me. Uh, Or in this case, you know, they make fun of this classic moment in wrestling history. And I go, that's awesome. And if you're mad about it, then it worked, you dumb bastard. Like, what is your problem? This was perfect. God, I hate people. No, I mean, and and like, as as you are, as someone who sat in the crowd for I'm sorry, I love you, the the real one, and as somebody who likes Christopher Daniels, as somebody who likes... no, in no way do I feel offended or uh, that again. I got it. I got it yeah. right away. What, it was brilliant. It's fantastic. I wish they would do more of that. Take other poignant moments in wrestling history and skewer them because you are heels. And and, and to that end, the young bucks need to work extra hard because they're they're they are heels that wrestle like baby faces. Right, because, because they're big, they're flashy boys, and so yeah, I, I good job, yes. Yeah, and again, the only thing that the only takeaway from this whole thing that should be annoying is the fact that AEW didn't do a good job of promoting the whole if SCU loses another match, then they break up thing. Yeah, which I remember, I I went once they were once it was you know I was like oh yeah SCU's done. I was like oh yeah, I think I remember hearing something about that on Dark a month ago and you know so yeah and and then not you know if this was 
exactly not 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 treating it like you know christopher daniels's career is in you know massive jeopardy i don't maybe i don't know i didn't really watch the match so maybe they were putting it over on commentary but you know i but still but that that's that you know that wasn't the story. The story wasn't that that's the end of Christopher Daniels. The story wasn't that that's the end of SCU. The story was, how could you make fun of that moment that I really liked when I was a kid? Like, yeah, man, how could they? I don't know. Yeah. It's crazy. The story is that the Young Bucks are dickheads. The Young Bucks are freshly minted dickheads. And not only did they just end the career and, the, and they ended the tag team's run that you like, they ended the career of a long season professional who should have won, you know, a lot, you know, who, who never, well, I don't know. I don't, it's not getting into, you know, Christopher Daniels's career. Uh, they also made fun of a really big moment in wrestling history because they're dickheads. That's it. That they supposed to. Yeah. Jesse Long, we already covered what's pissing you off and evidently it's existential crisis week here on the, that's here. Well, what I learned is that apparently uh, uh, Pokemon cards are worth pulling a gun out at Target for. Um, yes, sir. So uh, we've, we've, I've touched on the, the Pokemon card thing recently. Um, and so now the new development is that Target and Walmart will no longer sell the cards in stores at all because in like Milwaukee or Ohio, or some other place in the country, some people got into, uh, like, an argument, and, like, there was, like, a crowd of people getting into a fracas over, I don't know, they didn't say it was specifically Pokemon cards, they were saying sports cards. It might have been baseball cards, I don't fucking know. But it, it trickles on to, like, Pokemon and baseball cards. Yeah, yeah. And, so, so as, as someone who has been through this once before, I was around for the original... Uh, baseball card boom of the 90s where everyone was hot flipping baseball cards left right and center uh, I can tell you that when you're selling a pack of cards for five or six dollars and inside of them is invariably a card that's worth ten or twenty dollars it's a very hot commodity I will let you know something very specific Jesse Long you know what you will not get rich doing in this world flipping baseball cards on eBay. It's not happening. Yeah. It's not it's flipping base. Your Charizard sell no. your shiny Charizard selling for $350 is great, but you only typically get one or two of those sales. I know what you're saying. So what you're seeing more than anything is just a bunch of people. This is, this is, I mean, this is drug dealing. This is drug dealing 101 to find a whole bunch yeah you got to sell a whole bunch of product and then you got to go find more product and i on target and you know what The yeah. delay at the end of our show is getting worse. Yeah, 
I'm noticing that. I, I noticed a little bit. Of, I was having a tough time hearing a little bit of what you were saying. So let me turn off my Wi-Fi real quick. Hold on. Maybe that'll oh, Okay. Um, this is always my fear. Maybe it's your Wi-Fi. Maybe it's my Wi-Fi. I don't know. It, it can't always be mine, Jesse. I'm the only one using it right now. Yeah, I know. It's got to be mine. Um, again, <laughs> I got a better signal in the pool than I did in my garage. But your garage so is what did you learn this week? Right? Yeah. Very much learned uh, that you cannot train for your first competition. You just have to do it. Um, you can train and you can train and you can train, but until you get into a ring with another human being and a referee says, okay, fucking kill him, and you go kill who, and then you're the one getting tackled, you do not understand what that is like. There is no way for me to explain this in a way that would ever do it justice. I will give you the story of my first ever competition, my first ever round, my first ever match at the tender age of 30 fucking nine years old against a guy who was 40 pounds heavier than me because I didn't understand that people actually cut weight for this. So even though I went in at 200, between 200 and 224, walking at 215, like, I'm 215. I didn't cut weight because why would you? It's mm. a fucking competition. You win a foam title belt at the end that has a nice metal plate on it that's worth, I don't know, $35 maybe. Um, I said, I'm not putting all that energy into this. This does not seem like something that I want to, this is not my life. This is not my yeah. life. Like, I don't, I don't need to worry about this. So I walked in there at 215 pounds. And in my division, I wasn't just the smallest. I was the smallest by height and width. So I walked in and my first opponent was, we will say, a very thick man at about probably 240 pounds and about six foot two. And when the referee said, all right, shake hands, I shook his hand. And then uh, the referee said, okay, let's fight. And I got in my defense and I sort of expected him to go. He just came charging at me. And I said, oh, he's charging at me. So I, I did my sprawl and I stuck out my hand and I put my hand on his face to turn his head. And in doing so, I cut him across the face with my thumb. He was bleeding. And I look over at the ref and I'm like, hey man, he's bleeding. The guy's like holding his eye for a second. And I, I'm trying to get the ref's attention to notice that there's blood coming off his face, which should have probably meant my disqualification and the match should have been over. But what happened next was the guy rubbed his eye and hey man, double leg take that. Oh, so it's like that. So this guy who's now bleeding from his face has full control over the side of my body that I have to defend. We then do a couple of moves. He controls, I control, he controls. He's gaining points because I'm on my back and I'm trying to get yeah. away from this guy. Again, is bleeding on me, but I'm trying to get away from him. We end up in the corner of the ring. I have to do a little, okay, just a little dive. Here's me. Here's me. All right. So here's me. This is my match, right? We got another match happening over here, over here, and over here. We end up in the corner right here in no man's land because that can happen sometimes in a scramble. Yeah. Well, match one and match four are also heading into no man's land. And match one, the guy almost kicks me in the fucking head. So I'm trying to defend this guy who's actively trying to murder me while he bleeds on me. I have to dodge a kick from one guy. Another guy comes tumbling over. I look up at the ref as if to say, hey, I don't want to fucking die here. Maybe we should do this. And 
as this grab my wrist, my hand, and press it against me to try and break my wrist. I look at him dead in the eye and go, really, bro? Grab my own hand, unbreak my hand, force him off of me, at which point the ref goes, we're going to restart. And I said, oh, thank you. We go back to the middle of the ring. I lay down. The ref goes, please wait down, sir. You were on your back. Absolutely. I lay down. I'm like, what do you mean? Okay, this motherfucker was in my full guard. Put him back in my guard. That's how this works. And the ref's like, oh, yeah, no, 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 yeah, 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 that's right, full guard, full guard. Please go in his full guard. Now, we're back in the middle of the ring. I don't have to worry about getting murdered. I don't have to worry about this guy bleeding on me anymore. We're in the middle of the ring. I immediately lock on a Kimura on his arm. It's four and a half minutes into a five-minute match. I get the sweep, I get the pass, and I splatter him, gain full side control as time runs out. And I just sort of go, good. And I lost. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the loss that hurt. It was everything other than the loss. The amount yeah. of insanity that goes into this competition was so unknown to me. And the fact that the ref was just fucking terrible. After the match was over, he looks at me and goes, you know, a little bit of advice, buddy. You don't wear a t-shirt when you do nogi. And I look at him and I'm like, oh, thanks, man. I took it off because it's covered in blood now. So. <laughs> God. Uh. Well, just on the bright side, you didn't, <clears throat> sorry, on the bright side, you didn't die in Kissimmee. I didn't. And that is a plus. By the way, have you noticed how much better the communication is between us all of a sudden? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Jesse, now that we've figured out what's pissing us off and what we learned, uh, it's time for you to tell us uh, about getting our shit in. Yes, you can find us on Twitter at Team Hamifist, T-E-A-M-H-A-M-M-A-F-I-S-T. You can find the Rick, the Rick, at the Rick Pile, no, at the Reed Pile, uh, the Reed, R-E-A-D, Pile. Uh, you can find the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network at the WNRN. You can find our wonderful friends with a significantly better podcast, the IndyCast, at the IndyCast, the I-N-D-Y-K-A-S-T, or maybe it's just IndyCast. I don't remember if they have a V in their name. Doesn't matter. The, go to the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network Twitter and you'll find it. Um, you can find our wonderful merchandise at fullygimmick.com. I try to make cool shit all the time and I put it there for you to make purchase. Um, and uh, coming soon, hopefully, hopefully, uh, there will be a shiny new thing that we can talk about. Um, about, you know, that it pertains to the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network. I actually just just remembered in my head, that's what my, what did I learn this week was going to be, was that um, be patient because last time we were talking, I was talking about this, I was getting ready to exercise the return policy or the, uh, pay, the PayPal payment protection. And then about like a couple hours later, I started getting progress photos and I'm, I'm very happy and I can't wait for uh, that thing to be in hand, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, Rick, do you have any shit to get in? I don't. You've gotten all my shit in that I needed you to get in, and I appreciate it. There we go. Three, two, one, seventy-six jerks. As always. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in this week. We will be back in two weeks' time, probably. 
uh, to discuss more things in the world of professional razzling, pop culture, and what new bizarre bullshit I've gotten myself up to that week. So until then, I am the Sussman Rick Sussman for the American Badass Jesse Long. We are Team Hammerfist, and we are letting you know that it, it is exactly today years old that I recognize that MMA is in our name. Uh, till next time, we'll see you then. Thanks, Jesse.